Welcome to a very special live episode of Empower Apps with all the technical difficulties you can imagine. This is not as professionally. This is why Apple doesn't do live events anymore, <laughs> just in case you were wondering. It wasn't a pandemic. It was because of this. I'm your host, Leo Dion. Once again, episode 151, joined by our annual and sometimes semi-annual guest, Peter Witham, to talk about today's events. Mostly platform State of the Union, but also a little bit of keynote thrown in because there was a lot of stuff today. Peter, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Oh, Leo, always a pleasure. And it's nice that we got this bookmarked in our calendar, right? This agreement that we have with Apple every year. They'll do their thing, then they'll let us do our thing. So thank you for having me back on. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have a link to the recording we just did on Compile Swift on the keynote. Mostly complaining about why the Mac Pro is a thing. And now we'll talk about Platform State of the Union. So what did you think of the Platform State of the Union, Peter? I I liked it. There was a few things that we'll go through here that that caught my attention. I think we get a lot of gifts every year as developers. But I feel this year we were given a whole bunch of extra gifts to work through, some of which I'm sure we will cover in this episode. But I came away from the State of the Union this year feeling pretty darned excited to play with some of the things, some of the topics we'll talk about here, reworking some old stuff, embracing lots of new things. What did you think? I think there's a lot. I think we've seen the fruition of years of work. And I think for us, it was, a, I think you're going to see this in the news stories tomorrow about the big thing Apple revealed this year. And of course, I'm talking about Swift macros. Just amazing. Swift macros are oh, amazing. Yeah. They're yeah. going to change technology <laughs> forever. But in all serious, let's jump into it. I want to talk about Swift macros, actually, because I've been yeah. hearing about this for a year. And I'm like, what the heck is the point in Swift macros? Mm-hmm. And it was like... Holly talked about Swift macros and explain it in this. We're doing Swift macros for Swift UI. We're doing Swift macros for core, the new core data. We're doing Swift macros for this. We're, it's like when, when we heard about Swift DSL and we're like, what the heck's the point in Swift DSL? <laughs> and then Swift UI came out and I was like, Oh, okay. No. It's like the same thing all over again. It's like they, they <laughs> like, we're going to, we just, we really like this language feature. It's really nice. Yeah. We're going to add Swift macros. And then it's, okay, whatever, Apple, that's what you want to do. It's funny, too, with the fact that, like, Swift language is open source and on a totally different lane. And, like, Mm -hmm. Apple stuff is, like, secretive and not anything you know about. And then you, like, come to Dub and it's, oh, this is why Swift macros is such a big deal to people. Yeah. Especially at Apple, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Like, I see it. I see a lot of it. It's going to, I think it's going to make a lot of the Swift gen and, like, the whole Swift code generation stuff. In a good way, Sherlocked. But yeah, what do you think? I was fascinated by this because I had actually, so I'd read about this before and then got busy and pretty much forgot about it. And then I rushed to the State of the Union today and I joined it as they were talking about Swift macros. And I'm like, this this sounds familiar. And I'm trying to rack my brain and I'm watching them do this. And they're like, you just put this macro at the beginning. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> and the point is, and I, and then, and then they're like, so you don't have to do these wrappers and things. And I'm like, 
okay. And the point is, and then I was like, I need to go back and watch this again. And then our sort of the second time rounds are like, oh, okay. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah, because the first time was like, did you just want to put an at symbol in front of something? <laughs> What's that about? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and... I think it's I think it's going to be super useful. I haven't been, had the mm-hmm. chance to wrap my head around it, but like I'm really excited to try it out and see how it just, how it's going to work and yeah. how those pieces fit. So we've got attributes, and then you have freestanding like pound based hash based macros. They did a great example with URL, yeah. which is a classic example of. Just compile. Now we have compile. We can do compile time URLs, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think it just brings mm-hmm. a lot of that strong type safety that we've taken for granted with Swift and moved over. I think, yeah, we'll get into Swift UI. Yeah. Was there anything else about macros you wanted to talk about? Yeah, no, I think it, it feels like one of those things where I think the, the more I use it, the more I'm going to be like, oh, okay, I see how this is filling the gaps. Those, like you say, right. those little awkward spots that we've had to deal with for a few years and we've all got our own workarounds and things like that. And it feels like now there's Apple's come back and said, okay, we accept and we feel your pain. We think this is going to do it for you. Take it and see what it does. So I'm going right. to be playing around with it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Also, there was something else I was going to say about macros. Oh, I think there's going to be a lot of use cases of macros being useful in the sense of Swift package plugins. Yeah, I think oh, now they're going to be yeah, a little bit point. more useful. I could see that, especially with code generation. That's yeah. A good the one. other thing we're finally getting that I forgot about because I haven't done anything with it in a long time, but C++ on interoperability is a big deal. I don't think people can understand how big of a deal it is. There's a ton yeah. of libraries out there that are C++ based that we've had to bridge amount. over using C. I did a tutorial on it years ago. When I dabbled into it, and luckily now that's no longer useful. We can actually directly work with C+, and I'm really curious about that. I'm looking forward to some of those talks because there's just a ton. There's like a ton of C++ libraries out there that, that now we can take advantage of oh. and use. And you can you could have C++ code along with your Swift, I think, in a package or app. So, yeah, yeah I think it's going to be useful. It's going to save a lot of that, that those discussions you have with yourself of, I need this thing. Oh. Do, you know, I don't want to have to rewrite it though, or I don't have the time. Guess what? Now right. you don't have to, hopefully. So right. yeah, like you say, it's like, great. You can go back to that massive bank of useful code and just use it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you want to talk about the Swift UI stuff? There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. There's a so... lot. There's a lot, but I don't feel, well, there's one big gap that I think it filled this year. But there's a lot of small stuff too. You want yeah. to cover the small stuff? Yeah. And I think we needed, this was one of the things I was hoping for this year was, okay, I think you and I had even spoken about it just in conversations about, hey, Apple, if you really want people to use Swift UI, rather than just forcing it on them, make it something that people should use and want to use. And I feel that's what we got this year. Things like there's the incremental adoption. I think a big one, funny enough, pie charts. I know that kind of sounds a bit funny and a bit weird, but if you stop and you think about the amount of apps you use and things like that, I'm betting that as a user, you come across pie charts a lot more than you think you do. And so to make life easier there with this and a nice addition to the Swift charting, it's like, great, keep growing that package. I, I um, totally, I didn't touch Swift, Swift UI charts last year. 
I just never had the time, so I wasn't sure. aware that was even missing, but I'm not surprised, so I'm happy to see yeah. that. See, that's the funny part, right? That's what I was saying about one of those filling the gaps, where it's, it seems logical that you'd look at it and go, it must have been there since day one. And then right. you're like, you discover oh, it's not. <laughs> yeah. So uh, plugging a lot of those gaps is good. That yeah. that makes it feel more mature and more more like you want to use it because you're not going to get it's that. A, nasty you can use it out of, of the box. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I like the new inspector view that I'm really curious about using on macOS. NatKit yeah. looks like they really moved that over to SwiftUI mm-hmm. with like custom overlays. But it seems like the big thing this year that they tried to cover, and I'm really I attended a talk with Adam Bell at Swift Heroes on he mostly dabbled in core foundation stuff there okay. CF and all that or core animation I should say being that they really dumped into animations this year on Swift UI we got the spring default we got animated SF symbols which is awesome this oh yes yep. phase animator there's a lot here yeah yeah funny enough for me the big one I use a lot of, I'm sure everybody does, but I use a lot of SF symbols. So having animated ones, yeah, please. I think that that's another thing where it's like, great. I now don't have to make my own third party version or do it scripting or something like that. If you can just give me one out of the box and I can trust that it's optimized and just go with it. That's what I would prefer to do and spend my time working on the that thing that Apple says, focus on the parts of the app the make it right. your app. And I feel like right. that's what we got, a lot of that with the animation stuff. Yeah. I think, yeah, there's going to be a lot of good stuff there. Was there oh, anything yeah. else on animation you want to cover? Yeah. No, I think that covers it. Funny enough, I think uh, over the years, people have grown to appreciate it more, but I think it's also clear, like this year, with Apple putting this in, the subtle things like the animations, to quote Apple, they give it your apps that extra bit of delight doesn't seem like much on the surface, but when you're using an app and it does something in a nice way, even with a simple animation, it makes you stop and go, oh, that's cute. That's cool. And so these things are super important and they make it stand out from just feeling like every other app that you see. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, completely. So we got some interesting behind the scene changes in Swift UI. Speaking of Swift macros with this new observable macro, there, Donnie had a really good post saying, is this like the beginning of the end of Combine? They've like really <laughs> simplified, is it state objects, state this, uh, published, uh, like all that stuff, they really simplified it a lot. Yeah. And I'm really curious going this route in the future with SwiftUI, because I do think yeah. Donnie has a page, and I think there's a few other ones that are just like... SwiftUIPropertyWrappers.com that like <laughs> lists out all the different properties and how to mm-hmm. use them. And I think this is going to simplify that a lot. Seriously, I think. Gosh, I wish I remembered who set, who was the presenter on that one, but he said we've made it simpler to use SwiftUI. I don't remember the exact quote, but now we're doing it the simple way is the right way to do it. Yeah, and yeah, it encourages I... better behavior in that case. Oh, absolutely, and it's. I'm glad that we got this. Because I had never really fully appreciated this problem until I think this year where I found a lot of people when I'm doing my live stream coding and things like that, the topics of state binding 
environment, objects, observables, all these things would come up over and over again. And that's when I started to realize, yeah, you know what? If you don't keep up using these all the time, or if you're new to it, yeah, there's a lot of them. They can get confusing real fast as to which one you should, mm-hmm. which, which, which tie goes with these socks, that kind of problem. So that's exa- I think, that's exactly it. yeah, so I, by I, having this, O'Reilly should, O'Reilly should come out with a book or Kodeko with a book. <laughs> What's the right tie with the right socks? Peter's, yeah, Peter Webb's guide to Swift UI <laughs> property wrappers. I like it. Yeah, that's it. I'll just fill it with metaphors. Your data is the sock. Yeah. And your view is the waistcoat. And now you want to, you want to put the socks on. I think there's probably is a whole book right there I could do. Yeah. Or just so you never thought rappers were fashionable, but they are. Yeah. I, that's when I realized, yeah, this actually is very confusing for people. So it's going to be interesting now though, because now for those of you that have been using these for a while, we're going to have to switch our brains around to not doing it the way we've got used to doing it. And are we the code. classic problem of real world people who are still d- have to support yep. iOS 15? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I'm overthinking this, but sorry. <laughs> this, if it's a macro, it's built by Xcode. It's not really a thing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't See, know that's the thing, right? A, if it's it compiler side... If it's compiler side, I don't think it matters. I don't think that should be a problem. We, we were recording this like one hour after I downloaded episode 15. So I apologize <laughs> yeah. for my audience not knowing this, but yeah. So that's going to yeah. be one of those tune in it tomorrow might, might when Leo's going to explain it. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. yeah, I don't know, but I have a feeling, yeah, it's going to be, there's definitely some stuff here that's going to take a while to be adopted. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but this was a, ne- I think ahead. this one is a necessary thing. So I'm glad that yeah. they've done it now. I don't, I will, I'll put this out there for everybody now. Don't freak out. It's not like going from Swift 2 to Swift 3 or something like that. It's not that bad, right? This no, is just, no. going, th- this is going Peter, to take going less to, code. Spoiler alert, going to Swift 6 is going to be like going to yeah. <laughs> Swift 4. Yeah. Trust me, I looked at that. I've been looking at Swift 6 and I've been testing my apps for Swift 6 and not there's good. a lot. There's a lot there. Good in the long term, but that short bump of having to do type thread safety and dealing with an existential types. It's, there's going to be some pain there. So I'm glad yeah. they. I'm glad they delayed that for next year. Hopefully, yeah. That keeps for, you employed for, for another year. So that thank That's you true. to Apple for thinking about us and saying, look, if we keep changing everything, it keeps everybody employed, rewriting their yeah. same code over and over again. Thanks, Apple. Thank yeah. you, Apple. Okay, I'm going to cover the easy iOS stuff. We already mm-hmm. talked about game development and game porting mm-hmm. in the previous, in your Compile Swift episode. In the keynote, we talked about gaming and all that, so please check yep. that out. I'm not going to talk yep. about it here. Uh, AirDrop, we, talked, we hinted at that, but there's an AirDrop API now we can do yeah. with, I think, using touching your phone. TipKit is really cool. I'm going to try that out where you can post tips. And yeah. it uses a native UI, Siri, more stuff with app intents. They've been talking about app intents for kind of heavily hinting that we should all be using app intents. I think yeah. like ARKit and hundreds of other APIs that they've kept telling us we should be using, I think at Siri and app intents are another thing there and SharePoint and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Have you done anything with widgets? I haven't, but now I okay. want to. Because yeah. now having seen, based on what we've seen so far, 
they feel useful. And not to say that they weren't useful before, but widgets to me on any of the platforms was always like a read-only information kind of event. I'm going to look, yep. see it, forget it. And it was a black box as far as how it gets updated. Yeah. Yeah, so for now that they're doing, in particular, the desktop on the Mac for the widgets, you know, across all the platforms, yeah, I think I would say that they may finally feel useful enough that I should give it some time. And I think there's, off the top of my head, one app that I support that has a widget in it. And even there, the widget is just to get you over into the app. But now... I can do something with it, something yep. meaningful. And like we talked about in your episode, there's a lot to iOS, a lot of just, like you said, quality of life improvements yeah. with messages and iPhone and FaceTime yep. that I think people are going to see. So that's awesome. I'm sure we could tap into yep. that. All right. Last and not least, when it comes to Swift, is this the year that they migrate core data over? Peter, yeah. what's the answer to that? Oh, Swift data. I, I don't know you yet, but you're my new best friend. Yeah. <laughs> You're the honey we're still in the honeymoon period. Yes. We're still in the but honeymoon let's just period. Stay until, there. until you open up until you open up Xcode and you find the five things. Oh yeah. Oh wait, you can't do that? What? <laughs> oh maybe I just if I'll I don't this... use it, it's my best thing ever. <laughs> I wonder how it works underneath. Is it just a SQLite database? Can I just pack it to do what I want it to do and post yeah. a new library on GitHub? Yeah. That's what you're going to end up doing. That, that's what it is. I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to be optimistic and say, if it can do 50% of the things that I feel like it should, or I want it to, then it's a win for year one of Swift Data V10. I guess it's a case of, okay, at least we've got it, right? We ripped off the band-aid. It might bleed a little bit, but at least we're on the path. But I think it's exciting. I think that finally having something that doesn't feel it was just, let's push it under the carpet of Swift UI and hope for the best and call it core data. I think that it's going to be interesting. I will certainly, as someone who just released an app with core data and cloud kit and was surprised how easy it was with Swift UI, I want to see how much easier it is with Swift data. Core data is okay. So we've we'll have an episode about Tuist. I'm going to have Pedro on from Tuist. Oh, great! I've I've used Xcode Gen. So you've got storyboards are dead, right? So that's one big Git merge nightmare you don't have to deal with. If you migrate (laughs) over to Xcode Gen or Tuist, that removes another merge problem. And I don't Mm -hmm. know a lot about these model files in Core core Data, but they all seem like a black box to me. They're probably some XML. Stuff that scares me. And now that's gone, right? Because you could do the whole scheme, I would assume, in Swift, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. So I'm trying to look up. There's a library I used. I'm going to look for it. Maybe you got to okay. here. Delay me. Talk about some something else with yeah. Swift data while I look that up. All right. No, that's cool. No, because th- this is the thing, right? With the Swift data, again, this is a topic that comes up a lot that people ask me about. Where's my data in my Swift UI app? And how do I get it? How do I make it available to different scenes, different views? Or what? why does it exist in this context? Or what is context? That's another one, right? With core data. And so if it can deal with even a fraction of that with the Swift data and simplify, almost kind of one of those, can you simplify the sales pitch 
to make it understandable and meaningful for folks so that they don't within five minutes say, you know what, screw this, I'm going to go back to my SQLite or my Realm or whatever it may be, Firebase or whatever. You've got to give us the sales pitch, Apple, that, that makes people want to use this because it doesn't sound as scary as core data. And from at least just the preliminary code that they tried to sell me on in the State of the Union, I'm willing to buy into it if it is that simple. And I don't find that, oh, it isn't just a couple of lines and I've got to write all this. But the idea of building my models right there in Swift appeals to me. It's great. You've kept me in the language I know and feel comfortable as opposed to going over to anyone who's ever gone to core data and it's like, we're going to edit the files now. And you open up that view and it's like, what's this? <laughs> How does this work? So, <laughs> so being sure. able to define it, I think will help. I found the Swift package I was going to mention. So there is a really good Swift package got it. called Core Store by John Estropia that I have used before as a way not to do model files and essentially could do the whole oh, schema okay. in Swift. This is as close to the ideal of what I was looking for. Right. If you're still supporting an older OS, this is available to you. This is a, but ah. thank, thankfully, and no, no disservice to John, but I'm glad this is Sherlock now because this is something that's been a long time coming that we've needed. But yeah. yeah. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Cause now we have, so the question I posted on Twitter actually was like, how, what if I wanted my model in core data and I wanted to use it in vapor? Like, how would I be able, mm. is there a way I can like take that model, even though it's a model in using Swift macro and then extend it so it's codable and then also it's content, which is the protocol that Vapor requires for content delivery. So I'm like curious if we could still go with that route with Core Data oh. now, or yeah. Swift Data, excuse me. I'm assuming it should be a issue, but I mean, that would be awesome yeah. just to be able to have your data the way I do it, you have your data in one spot. You say that data is able to be used in Swift data. It's codable. It's also content and vapor. And now, like, you have the same model shared in a full-stack application, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. Oh. As we both know, the creators of vapor are fantastic and very responsive. I am super confident uh, if they don't do it, someone in the community is going to figure out some translation someone mechanism. at apple will do it for that vapor would be great yeah that apple's make, make, been fully supportive of vapor and so yeah i wouldn't be surprised yeah someone's if gonna. there's any yeah just i'm gonna check uh is there any there's server yeah i'm looking if there's any server stuff there's some stuff about app store server like checking receipts and stuff but i don't see anything oh. on and no nothing this year on server side which is fine they've done lambda talks and they've done vapor talks so i'm totally okay with that but yeah anything else on swift data yeah no i think we've got a this is going to be one of those 1.0 years for it and it might be a little painful at first but i you get that feeling it's going to be one of those that apple's going to want you to embrace <laughs> might as well start practicing it now yeah yeah well, do you want to say there was one talk this week called Meet Swift Open API Generator. I've been working on something like this. So oh, yeah. Apple sure locked yeah. me on that. So I'm really happy about that. So See, that's when you know yeah, you're onto a good thing. You right, know you right. got it. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be interesting. I'm excited about that talk. Okay, cool. That's Swift. I think we covered all the yeah. Swift stuff. Yeah. Hardware. Camera. There was some camera stuff. I don't have a lot to say about the camera stuff. 
No. Just enhancements. They have a standard now for HDR photos. Yeah, that's video good. Effects, API yeah. you can tap, screen kick, screen capture kit, Apple TV stuff. Do you want to talk about any of that? You I know, think any that of any of those is good, right? Because there's just like with there's a million camera apps, but every so often there's a real gem of an app comes along. So the more yeah. of that stuff they expose, nothing, the built-in camera app and everything is fine. If you look at the Halide app or, and things like that, there are folks that take it to the next level. So I'm always glad to see that they get access to these APIs. I'm going to skip to values. Okay. So a lot of stuff about accessibility, about a certain piece of hardware. Yeah. They're doing a lot of stuff there for accessibility, which is nice to see. Um, yes, I didn't know pause animated welcome. images. I didn't know that was a thing that people yeah, needed. It makes totally yeah. sense because I'm super ignorant of that stuff. I'm curious about the privacy manifest. Yeah, and that caught my eye. Yeah. I'm really happy to see that. I hope people mm -hmm. actually use it. I hope App Store approval actually enforces it. That's what I was going to say. I hope that actually Apple forces you to. So Sensitive content analysis. That is a whole can of worms. As a parent, oh, I am yep. interested in highly. And uh -huh. I trust Apple with privacy. So that's good to see. I What I may not trust is machine learning because it can be yep. weird at times. I know there's YouTubers uh -huh. who've had weird issues of what's been marked as inappropriate when it isn't inappropriate or if it's inappropriate but it's not yeah. it's a piece of art like a statue exactly. of David or something yeah and and you, yeah anyways cool. so that i'm really i'm curious about it also i'm curious if this has anything to do with gosh what was that thing remember that they were gonna put it in one of the point three releases was the, oh, whole... the one that they they decided since people don't seem over keen on this it was going to scan all your photo library or something like that. And that thing. That's yes, what and I don't if, know the name. If they, yeah. Yeah. Google already does it. And I think a few other companies already do it with your stuff. And Apple was going to do it. And then they put it. Yeah. So, and I will say yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how this works out for Apple because without going into any details, in my day job, we have to scan media for exit exactly as being described here and as we just discussed and it's actually an incredibly difficult problem because yes. more often than not it's not get, getting the catching the right things is not easy but relatively straightforward the problem is like you said catching a lot of the wrong things is actually very yeah. hard to train this software for this I so don't... it'd be interesting so I don't know if you've read any stories about the stuff at Facebook, but when people talk about jobs that we want to automate and people don't want to have to do, I feel like this is probably at the top of that list. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've followed any of the horror stories yeah. about Facebook in Africa. Oh, um, I haven't seen specific stories, but I work with... But folks, they basically uh, farm who, out you know. They farm out people who have to go through this stuff and find garbage. Yeah. And there's some pretty awful things out there. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. I think that's a great candidate for AI. Absolutely. If we can outsource it to a non-feeling, yeah. non-conscious person, a non-person right. that just can identify it, I think that would make a yeah. lot of people mental health better. And a lot mm -hmm. easier. And so hopefully this is a move in that direction. We'll see. Yeah. It is a very real serious problem 
because yeah. Yeah, some of the stuff, so the, the again, the day job, has to be reviewed by human beings. And yeah. like anything, yeah, who some of these things, who in their right mind would want to be exposed to this? Who would want that job? I'm There's done, no amount but, of money. Yeah, yeah. But this is right. definitely something that a machine, like you say, won't burn out from doing. Yeah, it, that would be a good job for to have a severance surg- surgical procedure done on you. If, oh, if you, yeah, if you've watched that show, yeah. yeah. So there's some stuff about ad network. I didn't. I don't understand that stuff, so I'm not going to even jump into it. Yeah, uh, so it gets stories. Yeah. Sounds interesting. I'm really curious about that, and I'm sure there's going to be some good stuff out from Revenue Cat to talk about that. Oh, good point. But yeah, so there's that, and then Xcode. I want to cover Xcode before I jump to one of the OSs. Okay. Xcode SwiftUI previews has a macros now, which is funny. This weekend I was working on like SwiftUI previews, and like I wanted to see my preview in two or three different iPhone models, and it was like oh, I have to oh, code man. this boilerplate code to do it, and then I like refactor it into a function, and blah blah blah. And I'm curious to see if this makes it a lot easier because like SwiftUI previews, I get what it is, and it makes sense, but at the same time, I could see how it would be a lot easier with a macro. Also, if you yep. look at the talk on developer tools, you'll see that. They also mentioned UIKit and AppKit. So I think previews is going to be a thing for UIKit and AppKit too. That would be nice. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Despite all the rumors, we still have to support those things, folks. (laughs) Yeah, we do. Yeah. What else did you see with Xcode? Yeah, they gave some interesting examples with the test reports with the full videos. So you can literally replay the experience of the test along with the data in there. Yeah, that... QA folks should be loving that. One less thing, a third-party tool to take care of, and it's all your reports are right in there with your repo code and everything else. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they touched on Xcode Cloud, (laughs) which I still have not used yet. Yeah, remember it? And and I still have not used it, and I was going to ask you, how's that going for you? (laughs) I don't. I like using GitHub and GitLab CI and GitHub Actions. Yeah. I don't want to have to use another system. I want, and I use Fastlane. And so far, as long as they're getting funded, God willing, I'm going to be sticking with Fastlane. Like, Mm -hmm. there's just so much I can do, and it's pluggable anywhere. If I go to Xcode Cloud, I'm stuck with Xcode Cloud. Yeah. Yeah, and that's my problem with some of these things, too, is it's not that I have an issue with Xcode Cloud. It's just that issue of something that's going to lock me in. Not because I'm saying Apple's going to do bad things or anything like that. But anytime you're locked into something, one or two outcomes, you're going to be good for a really long time and then it's going to bite you. Or you're going to be good for a short term and then it's going to bite you. So keeping your options open, like you said, like something like Fastlane, it really is one of those Fastlane solved the problem. Why is everybody else still trying? (laughs) But that said, I still think Xcode Cloud plays into the bigger picture of not Xcode on an iPad, but offloading of the heavy duty so that some other device can make the energy. You just buy another Mac Mini. That's what I did. Yeah, yeah, we were just talking about that. Get yourself the Mac Mini or the Mac Studio. You got all the power you ever needed. Yeah, yeah. link speed and mergeable. Li- I don't know what mergeable libraries is. I'll no, I don't. That out yeah. this week. 
But I'm really that, curious that what the fan is. What's the good. selling point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Link speed is five times faster. Just, I just want um, until what's, what's it called? Autocomplete. I just want that. Fixed. Oh, IntelliSense. I don't want yeah. any more Swift. Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> want any more of these weird Swift errors that don't yeah. make any sense. I don't want Swift errors that are there, and then when I click on it, it goes away. Like, just fix that Xcode. I, we'll see. I just downloaded the beta. We'll see if that's going to happen. I'll share a quick story here of a funny example of that. It happened to me on, I was doing a live stream recently and it was with the Sprite Kit app and just out of the blue, suddenly Xcode decided I can't, I'm going to give you an error that I can't load the underlying Sprite Kit <laughs> module. I was like, uh, what? <laughs> uh, did the usual thing, closed Xcode, opened it. Nope, still there. And then someone in the stream said, hey, change the order of your imports. So I did. <laughs> And sure enough, the certain ones, as soon as it was the first import, like I think it was Game Kit or something, it complained about it. And now Swift Sprite Kit was okay. And then we put Foundation in, but Foundation was okay. Yes, thank you, Xcode, for other weird errors that don't really exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Right. I'm just like, I, I know. I it drives you crazy. I'm like, what? what and you do Sprite Kit. You said you know? Sprite Kit. And I'm just like, oh, no. Like now you're really okay. I'm gonna start crossing off stuff on our notes sure. just because I don't want to make sure that we did cover the import, the non-important, the important non-important stuff <laughs> before we get into my favorite OS, and then we'll get into your favorite OS. Huh? All right. <laughs> okay. That's... One thing I do want to note is I noticed that. Well, I mean, I think I did mention this in the previous up, the previous recording, but Xcode 15, you download only Xcode 15, I think, and then you have to download the separate SDKs, not only for watch and TV, but now iOS is a separate install too, which of course 90% of, 99% of people who use Xcode are doing iOS, but yeah. in any case, that's the way they make Xcode smaller, so good for them. <laughs> Uh, I, I totally get why you make watchOS, tvOS separate. I'm glad you did that, Apple. Thank you for yeah. that. But why make, you know, iOS separate? Like you said, right. it's easily got to be the most used. So why would you do that? Leave it in there. Maybe maybe it's because, so the other OS wasn't listed. And I'm wondering if macOS covers the new OS. And oh, so they figure, okay. oh, if you're going to do, we want you to do the new OS. And then if you do the new OS, I don't. You Thinking know like those ones are like the core, right? We want you to have the core. Right. And then maybe you're right. an iOS developer or maybe yeah, you're. Right. Yeah. Okay. That does make sense. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. My favorite OS finally mm -hmm. is updated after years and years of neglect. Watch OS is here. Watch OS 10. There's a new way of doing watch faces. Like yeah. the Siri face is now preeminent and like the way they're doing like widgets and smart stacks and stuff and changing mm -hmm. the way. So watch OS zero, whatever watch OS one. Yeah. It was all about glanceable, glanceable this, glanceable that. And so their idea is okay. Glanceable, you just can't get everything on there. And I don't know why they're this way, but 
They're not comfortable with creating watch faces that have a lot of data. There's like a limit to the amount of data that they're willing to put, which I feel it's not necessarily the case. So they say, okay, there could be a little bit of interactivity. So basically Mm -hmm. you go to the Siri face and then you flip using the crown to see what the widget smart stack decides is important. And then that's why you can see your calendar, your weather, whatever other widgets you want to show. Stop that. It was just about to do Siri. So I think that's interesting. Like, yeah. I, I'm not sure. I'm definitely going to be installing the beta at some point on my watch it, watch or watches. But that was really interesting. What did you think? Yeah. No, I thought this was interesting too. You'd be forgiven if you was, pardon the phrase, an average user thinking like, oh, okay, they gave me some new watch faces and that was about it. But no, that's not the yeah. case at all. Yes, you got some new watch faces. That's a given. That's every year knowing that they're going to improve the camera in the iPhone. It's a given right. you're going to get right. watch faces. Right. But the... Snoopy Snoopy is not a shock, right? It's all, yeah, yeah, always exactly. a Snoopy watch yeah. face. Yeah, um, and I think I the... might use that one. Yeah, because <laughs> they targeted me. They're like, oh, this is for the old people. I was like, oh, wait, you're talking to me now? Yeah. But the widget part of it, I think, is a bigger deal than perhaps a lot of people are thinking it is on the surface. Mm-hmm. Because really, on the watch, at least the way I use it, the widgets is a massive part of my day. I don't use, quote, apps a lot in so much as mm-hmm. it's an information, information. and so therefore yeah. exactly widgets and being able to interact quickly with those widgets for me just made my watch a lot more useful we didn't um, talk about this total tangent but the standby mode on the iphone is that yeah it's like big widget yep. on the screen that just shows like whatever you like information dump like you said yeah so, i and yeah. i'm real happy about that that actually for me was one of the big sort of silent features because I do that with my watch all the time at night. If I'm not wearing it, I take it off, put it on its side. Fantastic. There it is. It's my alarm. It's got the clock and everything else. Plus the always on screen. Just to touch on it with the phone. Yeah, why not make my phone a mini dashboard on my desktop or my bedside cabinet? Perfect use case. But yeah, now on the watch, the widgets and the interactive widgets, to me, is great. I think I just found the new justification for keeping this thing on my wrist. <laughs> yeah. Big enhancements to cycling. There's a whole yeah. custom workout API. I don't know what that means, but I'm curious. You've used HealthKit for workouts. What is workout kit? I don't know. I'm really curious about that. Yeah. Yeah. Hiking, there's some features that I don't know where if they're like I don't even know if some of this stuff is exclusive to the Ultra, but there was some stuff with like said, tracking mm. cell reception, and if because yeah. so I've I have one watch that has LTE but doesn't have a cell phone plan on it, and technically on okay. that I could just do an SOS call on any cell network. FYI, if you have an iPhone, it's your legal. I think it's the legal obligation that. Like, you can at least call 911 on it, even if you don't have a cell phone plan and you don't have a SIM card or eSIM card in it. So that would be the same idea with this. Is It'll tell you if you have cell reception, period, even if you don't have a SIM attached to it. And then that way you'll know yeah. if yeah. you can call 911, essentially, here in the U.S. And it with had, whatever your emergency number is. It also was interesting that it – I think it would be useful for these folks, that sort of – pseudo 3d view where not only am i getting the direction 
I'm getting a sort of high estimate relative to where I am. Yeah. yeah. I actually think that that is going to be very useful. Now, you do yeah. touch on an interesting thing there, though. As far as I recall, not once did they say this is the which version of the watch this is for. I wonder right. if it's okay take them at their word does that mean i get this on all of the watches and then maybe later on when the co- new watch hardware you tell me about some special thing well because the compass is like a, is an ultra only thing i thought but i'm not i don't know like they didn't say that so i don't uh, know we'll find out no i got a compass on my one i think but it might not be the same kind of compass yeah right. no i got a compass but maybe it can't do all of that functionality. Yeah. I'm just looking at this real quick. The smart stack. There's that palette. There's Snoopy cycling, hiking with what compass app on it. Da, 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 da. It doesn't say only, it just, sh- in the marketing material, it only shows the ultra, but it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. We may well, have to on wait all the day market, or two. On all the marketing material, it's only showing. Well, yeah. for that cycling and the hiking, it only shows the ultra. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Maybe that's and one then, of those subliminal things. You should buy the ultra if that's what you right, want. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mental health. The jur- was it the was that the journaling thing or was they, yeah they bundled the, that in with the journaling there and okay. I, it's one of those things as someone who does journal but does it i think i mentioned in our previous discussion i do it with pen and paper just because it forces me to slow down (laughs) and also because i type all day right so it won't feel as special to me if i'm just typing a journal thing it's just another document i do think it is interesting and i always appreciate any of these companies but especially apple anytime they do more introducing new health related issues and data and things like that and so having the mental health one in there as i'd mentioned before i'm still waiting for the the a1c check but one day but anytime they add these things in i gotta do just say thank you well done because as we all know (laughs) life is complicated these days and anything that may help you great it is so like you can log your mood essentially and then they try to look at your mood and associate whether sleep or exercise is has an effect on your anxiety and depression. Mm. So that's the point in that. There's a bunch yeah, of stuff. Yeah, and vision. I think that's good. Yeah. And about getting daylight. I'm just looking at the list on the press release. Yeah. Offline maps. Oh, that's only on the iPhone. Custom workouts. We talked about that. Lastly, I want to go back. Swift UI. Swift UI, we got vertical tab views and the toolbar and navigation split view, which originally was for the iPad and the Mac. Now yep. we have that on the watch, which is really cool. I think they yep. showed some real, I can see the whole vertical scroll thing. Like they definitely Absolutely. push that and we're like, this is the new paradigm on the watch. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited. No independent watch. That was not, they never talked about that. That was one yep. of the rumors. So we're not quite there yet. But But I also think um, that is still one of those things where, and I get it, it's just not in their best interest to do that. Like Will said. Yeah, or they're just going to wait until the September event when they reveal the new watch and make it part of the Mm -hmm. new watch hardware. 
and be yeah. like, oh, yeah, you now only in the Series 9 will we support into this. Yeah. Even though it's yeah. a software thing. So, yeah, I wouldn't be <laughs> yeah. surprised about that. Yeah. Um, and we didn't mention it, but we should mention the uh, while we were talking about the health, the health app is on the iPad now. That's so right, which those, I think is really cool. Yeah, I do too. So for those, it's like my health dashboard right there. Fantastic. I know. Yeah. Did you know that Ventura was the first OS, Mac OS, first version of Mac OS to support HealthKit? I um, did not. No. Yeah. So just feels like it's been around. Health, yeah. No, HealthKit was never on Mac OS. Now it's on the iPad. Mm. So now it's on. It was on Mac OS with Ventura. Now it looks like they're moving that over to the iPad, which is great. Great. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> So let's there was one about, other thing. Yeah. Let's talk about the new Newton. Let's talk about the new <laughs> $3,500 pair of glasses. Starting um, at 3500 Starting. What does that mean, starting at? What would you oh, even... Oh, I want an M2. I want an M2 Pro. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Okay. But see, yeah. I think it's more... They did say it's modular. Yeah, they did say yeah. it's modular, so there you go. Yeah. Oh, this pan so... is not comfortable enough, or oh, mm-hmm. can I get the glasses and gold, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I see that now. <laughs> okay, what's your – just first impressions. Go. First impressions, no. No, thank you. Because it's too creepy looking. <laughs> when If someone walks to me with the headset on like that, with that facial expression coming through the panel – I'm going to feel like I'm in like an episode of The Walking Dead or something. It's too creepy. <laughs> I think you'd get used to it. You'd get used to it. I so agree. It's not for me. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah, no. Think, oh, absolutely. I think, I think yeah. you'd get used to it. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Here's my second take on it, okay, which is go. very closely linked with the first one. And I think I tweeted this. Immediately when they showed it and they showed how your face looks through the thing – I yeah. felt like I was looking uh, either either a an early generation or a next generation of someone that I would expect to find walking around in Blade Runner movies or yeah. cyberpunk uh, because it just felt like that. And immediately I, I felt, think, is this the future? Is it really? <laughs> I'm going to be devil's advocate. I agree. It's not for me. We'll get into the why that is. But I'm going to be devil's sure. advocate. So the thing with the glasses – I think is a technology limitation that Apple has okay. tried its best to overcome in an Apple way. And I mean that as a compliment. Oh, sure. Google glasses yeah. just don't work. Not They're not that good. Apple says, fine, this is just this is a limitation. We're going to allow you to see the eyes through this display. Think of it like the notch. It's a notch. Yep. Not even – no, not a notch. It's a dynamic island. Okay. It's, we yeah. have this issue. Oh, I see what you We're do. We're just dynamic gonna, island. Well done. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to do that. But it's a, it is. It's like Apple's, okay, this doesn't look great. We're just going to do, we're going to work with it instead of against it. And I think that's what they've done here. And I applaud them for that. Yeah. I will say the face, the, what is it? Persona? What is it called? Spatial persona? Yeah. What is, uh, yeah, spatial. Spatial persona, I think is that I think is going to be, it's better than the Facebook avatar on the Oculus. I'll say that. Spatial, but yeah, it's still creepy. Watch my episode where I yeah. talk to chat GPT if you want to get an idea of how I think. I think I saw some of working. that. Yeah. 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 I, you. Yeah. Where I think it is just, and for me, I don't 
I don't want, so let me get the good stuff out of the way because that's the okay. easiest part. I, this is classic Apple taking a totally different take on a device class platform, whatever you want to call it. They, they don't like Black BlackBerry. BlackBerry had its thing. BlackBerry was very successful, but the iPhone totally went in a different direction. It didn't have a keyboard on it. Blah 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 blah. It had multi touch. Oculus whatever, the 500 other VR companies that we've had, they're like, it's all immersive, it's all 3D, it's weird and buggy, and I don't know buggy, but just, it's a totally different take. This, like, they've, they don't have a keyboard, right? <laughs> they've taken out the BlackBerry <laughs> keyboard of mm -hmm. what the Oculus does and said, no, we're just going to be like, it's going <laughs> to... We're just going to put a UI in three in a 3D space. Um, that's essentially what they've done. They've taken a totally different angle in it. A classic Apple, and I think it looks really cool. So you have like Windows, you have your web browser, you have. If we're not like going to make everything 3D, we're not going to put you in an NFT forest in the middle of whatever crap. It's no, yeah. you're still in your space, and we have this clever little digital crown, like a volume, where you can say how immersive you want to be in that space. Mm -hmm. It's very clever. I think it's great. I think it's great from a developer perspective that pretty much every iOS app and I think Mac app maybe can be moved over. I think that I think they make an interesting selling point with, hey, you spend thousands of dollars on a home theater when you could just buy these glasses for only thirty five hundred. Just I know, but this is what they said, and I think that's as good of a point as you can make. They have a new the all that work on tracking your eye your eyes and your motion. The interface looks immersive and intuitive all the stuff with spatial audio that we've been seeing them do it feels like it's been the end result of all this work that they've been doing with with ml that we've all known oh, tracking your motion and things like that mm -hmm. they have even have lenses for folks like us who are blind spaces absent spaces but having said all that like i don't i don't want it <laughs> i don't want to have a pair of glasses on my face all day and yeah. i like I and I don't want to put them on, take them off, put them on, take them off. I don't. Want, I'd rather want when I'm watching a movie with someone. I want to watch a movie with someone. I don't want us to mm -hmm. help both have a pair of glasses on. I want to be there yeah. together for real, not like virtually. Yep. There, that's my spiel. It's yeah. Just, I don't. Yeah. I still so don't get it. Yeah. Let me dive more into my no because I agree with an awful lot of what you said. And so I want to put my no in context, right? Um, first of all, let's talk, let's talk about the hardware. It is, like you said, the absolute pinnacle of, of what Apple's been working towards with all of its different products, all of its research, both user research, engineering research and everything else. There is no question in my mind, this is an absolute shining example of the pinnacle excellence of what Apple can do at a hardware level, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. No question in my mind that I absolutely get why it's got the price tag it's got because mm -hmm. the amount of cleverness 
<laughs> in that headset. Oh my gosh. Can't even imagine how you got, how did you get all of that in there? So that at a hardware level, yes, this is the shining example of Apple being Apple in the best possible way. Price tag, it's always going to be an Apple price tag. We knew that. <laughs> it was never going to be a surprise. But I do think you, you're getting a lot of value for your money. Now, software-wise, it's difficult to know without actually using it because they were very careful to show us a lot of simulated imagery of this is what it's going to look like. Okay, but you haven't actually shown me what it looks like. But I'm going to assume it's going to be at least very close to what you showed me, which is great. The pinching like your fingers. So I guess we're all going to be doing crab impressions once we've got one of these things. <laughs> I guess that's what we'll be calling it. Do the apple crab. I should trademark that right now. That's going to work great, I think, until you put it in a real world scenario with pets and kids running around in the room in front of you. And then I think it's going to have a hell of a time trying to figure it out. I hope I'm wrong. But I think for me, the key reason for the no is I just feel this was making the absolute perfection answer to a question that was never asked. <laughs> and that's where I feel with it. Because up until now, I think it's, it would be fair to say VR, AR headsets, whatever, uh, primarily for gaming, right? Because they're perfect for that. Three and a half thousand dollar gaming headset? I don't think so. But I could see other uses. Like I was proposing to someone the other day, perfect for medical, something like that. But I still feel this is one of those, like I say, an absolute perfection of an answer to a question that nobody asked. <laughs> and I feel that's right. why I'm saying no, is you may be a few years ahead of yourself, Apple. One day this will be great. But right now I'm scratching my head as to the people that are going to buy this are going to be the people that bought the solid gold Apple watches to say they've got one. Yes. I think either or app developers. Yeah. Don't get me or, wrong. If someone wants to buy me one, I'll use that darn thing. Um, I've been, I told people like if Apple offered a developer kit where I could borrow it for a few months and build an app and return it and get a nice little, what do you call it? Like a little, like a gift card from it. I'd do yeah. that. Mm -hmm. I have ideas to do that, but I'm not okay. like it's Gen One, especially. I would definitely not buy this. Like it's, yeah. But see, that's and my I other see thing. It. I want to see it in the Apple Store. I want to see like, yeah, how good is the resolution on this thing? Is it really look that good? If I put this on, will it look like I am looking through a piece of glass, or will it look like yeah. I'm looking at a yeah. video? That's okay resolution, but not really. Yeah, will I be able to tell that I'm, quote, seeing reality or not? Because <laughs> if I'm not, I could buy an awful lot of Nintendo Switches for the same price and have a lot right. more fun with those probably. But I think you touched on something there because I neglected to look at it from the perspective of a developer when I was going to say, of course, as developers... It's in our best interest to make something for this platform because there'll be enough people buy one that early days of the app store. If you can get yours out early, it doesn't matter what it is, you're in. Yeah. But what as apps the Apple do you Watch make? app you know As an Apple Watch app developer, I disagree with that statement because we've all okay. been burnt on it. Or T ask your average Apple T V app developer. Sure. 
yeah. you know, how much yeah, play. Yeah, that's actually a better is. example. So no, yeah. Yeah, not every platform is going to be – like, I think for this, I think most of the built-in apps are going to cover what people need, and then anything else is just going to be migrated over, like, Disney Plus, for instance – or whatever yeah. else um, they want to showcase, and like at the end of the day, it's just—it's almost an Apple TV replacement. It is, yeah. Because yeah, and I don't understand the whole Mac thing too. Like, I'm really curious about that. Like, how does it work with the Mac? Because mm-hmm. you have the external monitor, and like, I don't know. It's—I have a lot of questions because there's a lot of technology that has to work perfectly all the time. And if you're yeah. using the iPhone without internet reception or cell reception or you leave, there's this weird quirks like, oh, like yeah. touch ID when you, after you get your hands wet or anything, there's all these little quirks where if something goes wrong, it's just not going to work out to be a great experience. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. I do power, like the three, right? Yeah. Right. I'm, surpri- I'm surprised they didn't make the battery pack into a fashion accessory. Or this battery Something. pack also has the capability of doing MagSafe charging, and like I'm surprised they yeah. didn't go that route. Yes, or they didn't even Something mention the like battery that. pack. Yeah, no, because and how does it by USB C or Lightning? I don't know. Exactly. That was something else that came to mind because I can see as you were describing it just now, the use cases, I'm thinking, okay, if I use it as an external screen and I'm halfway through my day and the battery goes flat or I'm sitting there watching a movie halfway through a Lord of the Rings movie. (laughs) Good luck if the battery lasts that long and it goes flat. Sorry, kids, we're going to start watching the movie now until we charge these things up again. So can you plug, can the battery be plugged in if you're sitting at the couch and you have, I'm wondering the same thing. Do they allow that? Like, yeah, there's a lot, there's just a lot of like real questions. Yeah. And it's not a challenge to Apple is like, how do you explain to people what the experience of this is like in a video, let alone line of event? I need to be at the Apple store to actually look at this thing. That see. Um, Okay. So that's the other question, right? I guess I got to go there not to scare people, but yeah, we should all go to an Apple store and try one. But don't be thinking too much about the hundreds of people that tried the headset before you put it on your face. <laughs> Just something to think yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. But that's why I say, that's why I'm saying no, is I think it's a solution to a problem we don't have at this time. And the technology is not, we'll see, but the technology might not even be there. Yeah, so we're basically we're potentially- on- we're potentially looking at an Apple Watch Series Zero situation. Exactly. Here. That is what I the comparison I drew earlier was. Yeah, the first Apple Watch seemed great until you tried to use it for a day, and then it's like, why have I got this? What was the first iPhone you got? It was the three G? Okay. The three G version. It's like the third. That's the third version. I think or it was the, the second third version. One. Actually, it, so it was the one. Wait, I've got it right here. Let's have a look. Hang on. Question I'm at, the reason I'm asking that is, yeah. I think with the iPhone, it took a few versions before it got popular. Like very few, I don't think oh, a lot yeah. of people bought the iPhone. I, me, it was iPhone 4. Yeah, uh, yeah it was the iPhone 4 uh, was my first iPhone. It's that one with the curved. And, yeah. Okay. 3G. So, yeah. so I think with a lot of folks, like this first version is not going to be ready for prime time, quite frankly. Yeah. And, Apple, Apple has time to, to work on this and figure out what the space for this is, like the Apple yeah. Watch. So I mean, it's I'm not saying not until... I'm not saying it's a failure. I'm not saying it's a failure by any means. They have oh, it won't time. be. 
Yeah, it won't. It'll no, be. It won't be. It, it'll be hugely successful because people just buy Apple products without question. Let's <laughs> right. be honest. If you break it down, if you think about it, it's only really the equivalent of buying three iPhones. Suddenly, it doesn't sound yeah. so expensive when you think about it that way. But like you That's said true. in my notes here, it's not available to early next year. So yep. who knows what could happen to it between now and then, right? So I'm going to go over the API stuff. We got this mm -hmm. idea of windows, volumes, and spaces for putting 3D stuff in right out of the box. iOS apps are supported and SwiftUI. And you could do a lot more with ZStack because ZStack is the SwiftUI yeah. equivalent of the... Z level, I guess, so to speak. Yeah, things. So and that has really bitten me. That. Yeah, that has bitten me that, a few times with yeah. Z stack. So I'm glad that they got a tweak. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you do anything with Unity? Okay, this was the other thing I absolutely that? wanted to mention. Yeah. Yeah. I do. For those who keep up with my stuff, I have a Unity game that I've been working on for a long time. It's out there in beta. But yes, I do stuff with Unity and it was Last year, iDev360, there was a course, there was a video, I forget the gentleman's name, about using Unity with Swift, which was like great because all I ever want to do is have Swift in Unity and I'm happy. So I was really happy to see that Apple continues to embrace Unity. I will say, I can't help myself. Yeah, I'm sure some of it's to get at Epic and the Unreal Engine, of course, right? <laughs> you think so? You, know, you think so? Oh, it's, yeah, it's got to be. It's Apple. No. What's the? I, no, I'm <laughs> kidding. What's the market? <laughs> okay. What's the market share between Unity and Unreal? Do you know? I, based on my non-scientific folks that I know, and that Unity is definitely a lot more popular with the indie devs, right? Even though it's not to te technically not totally free like Unreal Engineers until you get over whatever it is, a million dollars. But it's a lot more, it's easier to get into. So Unity's the fact, around. yeah, the fact that they essentially said, oh, let me check my note here, that Unity sits on top of the reality, yeah, the reality kit, Unity can sit on top of that is a massive okay. deal for Unity, right? That is essentially the official seal of, a, of endorsement from Apple saying, use Unity. Right. Yeah. Great. That that makes me nothing but happy. Oh, Are you going to um, be doing any tutorials on this stuff in Unity? I think I'm going to have to at this point, right? Yeah. I'm actually learning Unreal Engine because I just want to, but I'm yeah, still yeah, yeah. building with Unity. And clearly, I have every good reason now to embrace because the, the VR and AR in Unity is really good. Now there's a reason to go back and look at it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ansem had a really good talk and he was on the show talking about Reality Composer. I played around oh, with yeah. it. It's really easy to use. Cool. And I did, was it? Not 3D Studio Max. I did it 20 oh. years ago. Yeah, me too. I know a little bit about 3D stuff, but not a lot. But I'm really curious about this stuff here. And Yeah. Um, and I was yeah, just there's a lot of amazing. There's a lot of amazing stuff you can do in Reality Kit that you're like, oh, I got it. Nope, it does it all for you, like typical Apple. So anchoring yeah. things to walls and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, yeah, no, it's exactly. not as intimidating as you think it is. So definitely take no. a look at that. So combine that with Unity. Uh, I was going to say I've recently started learning Blender because I was a 3D oh, Studio wow. Max guy. And I was yeah. like, why have I never learned Blender? And I've done a couple of basic things. But again, all of this... 
Yeah, okay. 3D model in any kind of VR, AR. Even with my phone, I had some ideas. I wanted to make some AR stuff. And so I was like, I should learn Blender again. So that plus Unity sitting on top of Reality Kit and that, I'm all for it. Are you, do you say you have a Nintendo Switch? I do have a Nintendo Switch. And there's no reason in the world that I've not thought about publishing my game to it. I should. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to make this too much of an episode, but have you played Tears of the Kingdom? I haven't. No, you like it? Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Okay. We're going to geek about it. I'll be geeking about it in a future episode when Adrian is on. Fantastic. Yeah. Did you like Breath of the Wild? Yeah. <laughs> Did I sound Tears excited? <laughs> yeah. Love that's Tears what it, I've not found so, anyone yeah. yet that's gone, oh no, that was, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. That's why I haven't got it. Cause if I get it, that's going to be it. You, no more streams from me except yeah. that. So no, that's why be I'm streams. It'll just be streams yeah. of you playing the game. Exactly. So. Yeah. Not making my game as people tell me. You should be making your uh, game. What do you think? Okay. I want to. Was there anything else you want to talk about? I no, I think, yeah, I think we covered wanna, all of the major. What do you think of the 2D on 3D, like, interface? Like, to me, like, I, that's a, I think that's a really interesting take on VR, AR, whatever. Yeah. Not, su- not surprising yeah. in some ways, but. I think, I think it's think a good it's, idea. Uh, it's, yeah, golf clap, Apple. Like, Dynamic Island, this, I think they're, it's a very good, interesting take on UI, and that's why yeah. Apple is Apple. So mm-hmm. I like that. I, I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, and I also, yeah. I think it's very you, comfortable for people, right? We're used to right. a 2D in a, interaction with our machines. We're, and to, do, so, to put you in 3D with that yeah. keeps me comfortable. No weird thing to adapt to. Human beings are like, evolution whatever we do 2d much easier period mm-hmm. we've always done 2d it like so like we have whiteboards we have paper we have the idea that like 3d is like a great way to do stuff all the time is not necessarily true and yeah. so i think like apple sees that and is okay yeah like it makes sense to have a web browser be flat on a screen and you scroll up with your finger and stuff yep. like that. It makes sense. Yeah. And then yeah. they have 3D stuff in iOS, like 3D effects, but they've made that a little bit more actual 3D because we have two eyeballs instead of just a flat screen. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting to see their evolution on that. No, I agree. And I think the other thing with 2D, especially with this the Vision Pro and that is you can do 2D anywhere. Right. There's nothing right. distracting about it. It doesn't. The fact that I've got a, I'm seeing a 3D environment in the background. My brain just automatically filters that out to the 2D. Yeah. So I think that doing it, choosing to do it the way they're doing it is brilliant. I can't think of a better way to onboard someone than to take the familiar and put it in the unfamiliar and say, just don't worry about it. <laughs> I think next it's year. Yeah. Next year. So like kit. We're going to get leg kit where we can put legs on spatial personas. That's it. That's out. what we That's need. my prediction. Yeah, and you go. Swift UI charts with like 3D topographic curves or something. Oh, so wouldn't that be really yeah. cool? And Come up with that Swift package. Yeah. Let's, what they want us to do is all of – they want all of us to forget, was it last year or the year before, that really 
no, it, it was on stage, so it was a couple of years ago. That really awkward demonstration with the 3D city, with the spacecraft coming over the table. They want us to all just forget that version of 3D AR. That never happened. They've done, say what you will about the pandemic. Apple's been a lot better at doing game demos. Oh, my gosh. I think they learned a lot. Yeah. 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 Peter, is there anything else? I got a busy way to me. Book my phone watching videos tomorrow. Yeah, so. no, that's, and until we get to go through our sessions now, I think that's one of those, whew, we survived day one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a big yeah. one. Like we said yeah. in that episode, two episodes ago, take your time, guys, gals. Mm-hmm. Be picky about yeah. what you're going to watch. These videos are going to be out there for a while. I'm yep. going to be, are you going to be streaming any of this stuff? I think I will. I think what I'm going to yeah. do is download, do like you did, download Xcode, make sure I can run it. And then if I can run it, see if some of the new stuff is available. And then I'll probably live stream playing around with some of that stuff. Some of my fellow uh, live streamers that we have on our Discord, I have no doubt they will because they are just amazing folks. I'm confident that if anyone's interested, go out there looking. You're going to find a ton of people playing with this stuff. And as we There's always already say, already video like, tutorials posted on Spotify. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm not that quick. We, Sorry, folks. Yeah, me yeah. too. I was like, no, I'm just barely catching up <laughs> on my notes. But worst case, we will go out there and totally destroy our machines by breaking all these things so you don't have to. <laughs> and not following your advice on backing up. So, yeah, Oh, yeah. Don't bother with that. Don't listen to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so people can follow Peter on his YouTube channel. What's the name? Is it Compile Swift yeah. or Peter? No, it's Peter Widom, actually. Just YouTube slash Peter Widom. Um, and then Compile Swift and for I'm, everything else. Yeah. Yep. And then I'm here on YouTube at Bright Digit. So if you are listening to this, go to YouTube slash YouTube.com slash at Bright Digit to catch any stuff I'm be posting this week. Um, I have a ton of recordings next week. We'll be talking with... Pedro Pinera Tuist. We're going to be talking about build tools. Hide, the great designer Hide Vanderplug is going to be on. We're going to talk about nice. OS 10. Adrian Eves is going to come on and we'll probably talk about how to implement Ultra Hand with Vision. That's a, this is Ultra for reference. Sorry. We'll see. We'll talk about something about this Fantastic. year. And maybe I'll, might get some surprise guests on to talk about reality kit, AR kit, Vision, something like that the summer so i have a busy summer ahead of me thank you peter for coming on i really appreciate oh, it pleasure as always leo you and i we could sit here for days talking about this stuff again thank you for having me come back yet again always a pleasure thank you Found peter with them at youtube and kamal swift at twitter people can if you watching this on youtube please and subscribe share this with folks i'll be And then if you're listening to this on Podcast Player, please give me a good review and share it with others as well. I look forward to talking to you. Hopefully I'll have another episode out next week. We'll see. Everybody enjoy your day. Take it easy. Enjoy WWDC week. Talk to you later. Bye, everybody.